Hey, Scott and John here with Bible Mysteries. We want to thank you for being a listener, but we'd love to invite you to become a subscriber. Absolutely. This will only help us to expand the amount of people that we're able to reach and show the secrets in the Bible that the world doesn't want you to know about. That's right, John. And if you subscribe to Bible Mysteries Premium Podcast, you get some great benefits. Access to every current episode, the full thing, even with our interviews and any special events we do. Plus, we have downloadable show notes. We have our community forum and Slack that you can join. And we have our Bible Mysteries monthly newsletter. So for just $7 a month, you can help support us get the word out and defeat the satanic global elite. To subscribe, just go to BibleMysteries.Supercast.com. Thanks again for listening and enjoy the episode. Welcome to Bible Mysteries. What if there are secrets in the Bible the world doesn't want you to know? You're listening to episode 129, The Sins of the Father. Now here are your hosts, Scott and John. Bible Mysteries. I'm Scott Mitchell. And I'm John Potts, and this is the show that talks about things in the Bible that the world does not want you to know. The world doesn't want us to know any of what's coming. No. Right? Uh, as far as uh, what what we think might be the last days approaching uh-huh. John, and the world, I think, is, is, to me, it's almost like they're coming out of the shadows, but they're still trying to hide what they're really doing. There's a big deception going yeah. on. There's a big lie. Absolutely. <laughs> so we're going to talk about lies today, uh-huh. right? Okay. Uh, and in particular, we're going to talk about the sins of the Father, and I'm going to explain that as we get into it, but we're going to uh, kind of do like an adjunct of what we discussed in the last two episodes on Satan's attack on our children. Okay. And we're going to get into a little bit more detail about how it is that God would hold other generations accountable for ancestors' transgressions. Very interesting. Yeah. Yeah. So we're going to we're going to dive into that a little bit more deeply today. And I'm going to share something. I'm going to just kind of uh, give you a little warning up front that I want to share something I've never shared with anybody in any detail (laughs) before. And uh, but I think it ties into this in a in a very real way. So it's going to be. uh, it's going to be my own unique experience that I'm going to share that I've never told anybody else. Uh, but before we get to all that, John, I want to remind all of our seekers, our premium subscription okay. uh, p- listeners, that uh, don't forget that part of your bonus content is our newsletter. Mm-hmm. We just released a, the March episode, and I wrote an article called Sins of the Father. Yeah. So you can read that. Yeah, it should, it should coincide with that. And then also uh, our Slack forum is where you can share your experiences. And some of you have done that. I want to give a shout out to a few of you that have done so. I'm not going to name names because I want to preserve your privacy. But several of you have written me and shared to me, shared with me some of their unusual, we would call, experiences. Okay. Uh, uh, whether it was, um, you know, um, demonic activity or entities of some kind or wow. even perhaps alien type uh-huh. exposures, whatever. And I just appreciate that. Uh, that's what drives us. Your, your, yeah. your information helps us create a show out episode ideas. Mm-hmm. Uh, it helps us do research and dig into things. And you never know, I might be reaching out to some of you to maybe talk to you about possibly sharing your experience if we feel like the Lord leads me to that path. Which has been a couple of our interviews already. It's been people reaching out yeah. or someone shared someone else's experience. Exactly. And those people have become some of the best shows so far is the interview of those people I, about I agree. their experience. I agree. I love the interviews. And, and although we have yeah. a lot of Bible we want to share with you, we also want to put it into a real-world application. Yeah. And when people have had these experiences but they found release or salvation in Christ or deliverance from oppression in Christ, we want you to hear that and show you that maybe if you're out there suffering, there's, there is help in Christ yep, Jesus. exactly. 
And so uh, we want we want you to know that's important to us. So take advantage of the Seekers Forum. If you're if you're a subscriber, there's benefits to your membership. We want to make sure you're getting bang for your buck because we do ask that you support this ministry through your subscriptions. And we have a goal set, don't we, John? We do. We just discuss what we want to do. And we, in full disclosure, we just started our premium subscription service back in July. Mm-hmm. We've hit 225 okay. subscribers. Premium subscribers. Yeah. yeah. We, yeah. We're happy that we got in there. we like that to grow to 1,000 and more than that, if possible. So we've set a goal by, by the end of this year. What do we want to hit? Well, we set a goal of 500, 500 for the year. Okay. And we're going to measure that, I would assume, probably mid-year, see where we are. Yeah. And we're going to give everybody updates on that. But okay. I think that that's a very doable goal. I think so, To too. get to 500. Yeah. So you help us by sharing and telling people about us, and we want to hopefully... Uh, you know, we have over 145,000 unique listeners in something like 70-plus countries. Yep. So out of that, if we couldn't get 500 premium subscribers... You know, to help fund and support this ministry. And that's not counting any donations you might want to give. You can donate anytime you want to. But I'm talking about if you want to support us on like a monthly basis, yeah. you know, we would love to convert some listeners into subscribers and help us create more content for you, get more interviews, more experts, mm-hmm. uh, authors out there. There's so many, there's so much good information. You know? And I think that's key to mention right there because this is truly a ministry. Yeah. Right? This is not where. We're we're not. This isn't a business. We're not making yeah. profit. Okay. No, <laughs> nobody get gets rich on the podcast. Right? Maybe Joe Rogan, but nobody else. <laughs> yeah, I mean, those guys are making a lot of money off mm. of a podcast, right? But this is a ministry to us. <clears throat> yeah. And what we're trying to do is grow this ministry through the funds, and that's why we're trying to grow the the base of the subscribers up to five hundred. Yeah. Because then we can take those funds yeah. and start applying them towards reaching more people. Right. Right. That's the and that's thing. the key. We feel like we're in the end times. And we feel like it's yeah. crucial that we get this information to people. Right. So anybody that's out there that's a follower that says, you know what, I'm going to support these guys. Seven bucks a month. All right. So I'm just not going to drink two cups of coffee <laughs> at Starbucks. I'm only going to have one this week. There's seven bucks, right? All I'm those to, poor I'm coffee to, oh, drinkers. We take all the dime. I'm trying to oversimplify it. But what I'm saying is... <clears throat> If you can support the ministry from going to just being someone that listens to it, yeah. and if you are a listener and a follower, that's great. And yeah. we do appreciate Absolutely. you. And if you are, just share it with other people. Yeah. Because, But if you can become a subscriber, that grows the amount of revenue, lack of better terms, yeah. that we can then put into the ministry to reaching more people. And that's yeah. what it's all about. And, you know, churches have tithing drives and things like that. We're never going to pass a plate or, or, you know, beg you for money. But we do want you to know that if you do support us, we appreciate it. And -hmm. if the Lord puts it on your heart to do so, we're going to use those funds to continue what we do here and hopefully improve it and just make it better. Uh, we want, we've got things we have planned. We need to reach out uh, to other podcasts. Maybe I'll spend money advertising to reach a larger audience. And, And it's all about... Really, Paul says the night is far spent, the day is at hand. Yeah. So we don't have a lot of time left. So thank you for letting me. Yep. I was about to throw my pen uh, right into the. <laughs> remember when you used to stick pencils in the school? I, I never did that kind of stuff. Scott. Oh, you would no, have never. No, I that. Do that. No, okay, <laughs> I forget you were you were raised pretty prim and proper. There. <laughs> Today's episode is brought to you by our seekers, William C. Amy J. And I want to say that it's spelled like my mother's maiden name, which we pronounced Amy. You know, because okay. we're down from South Louisiana. Yeah. So, AMAJ, if I'm saying it wrong, or Amy. And then there's a Bruce C. And I think I know Bruce and his dear wife, Chris. So uh, we miss you guys and love you very much. And thank you for listening. But thank you to William and Amy and Bruce for uh, subscribing to Bible Mysteries Premium Podcast. And we appreciate it. You joined us in October of 2022. And this episode yeah, is... Supporting this ministry. Yeah, thank episode you. is brought to you by them. So John sends the father. Okay. Uh, this is going to be somewhat of a more personal um, episode topic because it's a. I'm going to start with a verse of scripture. Okay. That always bothered me for a while, and it was one of the things. Well, I don't know the answer to it, so it's kind of put off to the side and decided I'll go deal with it later. And I think the Lord finally gave me some insight. Okay. On it, so I'm going to share that with you. But before we start that, and, and by the way, if you want, you can turn to the Book of Exodus because we're going to start in chapter 20. Uh, but before we start, I just want to tell our listeners that I've slowly come to better understand 
the reality of the spiritual battle that we face in Ephesians chapter 6. You hear us refer to that verse all the time, verse Mm -hmm. 12, about we wrestle not with flesh and blood, but principalities, powers, spiritual wickedness in high places. And, And my many years in ministry of focusing on Bible doctrine, which was not a bad thing, but it just caused me to sort of pay lip service to the idea that we wrestle not with flesh and blood, uh, rather than take it seriously. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I've always acknowledged this battle from the Word of God, but I never really conceived of it as spiritual wickedness manifesting itself in a physical way. And that's kind of a yeah. hard thing to put together. Well, they're spirits. They're not physical, but no, they are. They manifest in a physical way. Yeah. Yeah. And so if you had told me, like when we read that little excerpt from William Schnabelin's book a few episodes ago from Lucifer Dethroned, yeah. you know, if you had told me 10 years ago as a kid you were trick-or-treating and you saw this weird vision of bat-like creatures telling you you're mine, uh, mm-hmm. I'd have thought you might have had a screw loose, you know. Yeah. But then I kind of suppressed for many years my own... Um, encounters of strange things like that nothing as crazy as that but but, uh just thought of it as well it was just a bad dream and the more i'm delving into this stuff the more i think the lord is revealing to me just how physical these principalities truly are you know so i'll get to my experience in a moment but let's start in exodus chapter 20 because here's the passage that i used to find troubling it's it's god giving the law to Moses. Okay. And so these are what we would call the Ten Commandments, where he starts and he says, Have no other gods before me. So we're going to jump into verse 5 where he says, Thou shalt not bow down thyself to them, to other gods. And by the way, just stop to think, who are these other gods anyway? Yeah. You know, if there is no yeah. other god, why would he say that? But that means there's something else. Yeah, there's something manifesting in front of people. Exactly. Because they're not just pulling these ideas, hey, let's just make a cow and... And start worshiping it. Yeah. That's crazy. That's just my imagination. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So he says, Thou shalt not bow down thyself to them nor serve them. For I, the Lord thy God, am a jealous God. Now here's the passage. Visiting the iniquity of the fathers upon the children unto the third and fourth generation of them that hate me. And showing mercy unto thousands of them that love me and keep my commandments. So in the same passage commanding the children of Israel not to worship other gods. The Lord warns that violating such a commandment has repercussions upon the children of those who do. Hmm. And I thought, well, why and how does God visit iniquity upon the children? Why should they be held accountable for their father's sins? And and is there unrighteousness with God? You know, so we have to start with, well, there can't be or he wouldn't be God. Yeah, exactly. So we know there must be something else to this that I wasn't seeing. Because if you think about it, just if you committed a crime, you would go to jail for the crime, mm-hmm. not your daughter or son, right? Yeah. I yeah. mean, and, and it shouldn't be that And way. definitely not three or four <clears throat> generations. <laughs> right. Exactly. And then if we back up to when he says not to worship these other gods, who are these gods anyway? Yeah. Uh, there's spiritual wickedness in high places. We know yeah. that because that's the, the thing. And I believe they're the fallen angels. Okay. And perhaps their demonic offspring. In fact, Paul even said that the things that the Gentiles worship are devils. Mm-hmm. In 1 Corinthians 10, why don't we read that real quick, just, okay. so, just to get that passage in, uh, in context. Uh, but over and over again, the Lord warned Israel not to worship other gods. And that death would result if they did. And it wasn't necessarily immediate, you know, although that could have been the case if they were found you know, when Israel was obeying the Lord and a man was found in, with idols in his tent or something, they could have mm-hmm. just taken him and stoned him to death, Okay. you know, according to the law. But death could come on the entire nation and captivity and capture and everything else. Wow. Over and over again, God's warning Israel not to worship other gods, that death could result. And in 1 Corinthians chapter 10, Paul says in verse 20, But I say that the things which the Gentiles sacrifice... They sacrifice to devils and not to God. And I would not that you should have fellowship with devils. Hmm. And we talked about a few weeks ago, you know, not being unequally yoked together. Yeah, exactly. It it always ties back to idolatry. That that verse wasn't about marriage. It was about idolatry. Mm -hmm. So God visits curses upon men and fallen entities. 
Hmm. And so we didn't think about God cursing people, but over and over in the scriptures, there's a curse upon those that would do something. And I think that's the key to understanding why it is an iniquity of a father could be visited upon the children for the third and fourth generation. And it's not God being vindictive and saying, because you did this, I'm going to do that. That's the way I used to read that passage. It's if you do this, you've opened a portal. You've you've created a vulnerability in your family lineage. You've given permission. You've given permission. And Satan's going to take advantage of that and continue to afflict and oppress until that curse is broken. Wow. And we're going to use the word curse. That sounds like old, you know, mumbo jumbo, right? But God uses it, and we'll see it in Genesis chapter 3. The first three chapters of the Bible, before we get any further than that, there's a curse. There's several curses, as a matter of fact. So Genesis 3, verse 14. This is the the serpent and the seed promise, prophecy. Verse 14, And the Lord God said unto the serpent, Because thou hast done this, thou art cursed. Above all cattle, and above every beast of the field, upon thy belly shalt thou go, and dust shalt thou eat all the days of thy life. And I will put enmity between thee and the woman. And verse 15 is the pivotal passage of Scripture. It it sets forth the seed between the Son of God and the serpent. Yeah. Right? But the fact that there's a curse there, and and we're not going to get into what all it means about the serpent being cursed, but I think it has a lot to do with it, metaphorically speaking, who the dragon truly is. Yeah. You know? But that's the first curse. And then in chapter 4, and by the way, he cursed the ground because of Adam's sin, you know, and he cursed childbearing. And if we go to chapter 4, after Cain is slain, or or kills his brother Abel, rather, if you look in verse 11, we see, And now art thou cursed from the earth, which hath opened her mouth to receive thy brother's blood from thy hand. When thou tillest the ground, it shall not henceforth yield unto thee her strength. A fugitive and a vagabond shalt thou be in the earth. And I very much believe that in this curse from Cain, his family continued under that rebellious nature. You know, they followed after their father, you know. Then go to Deuteronomy 28, and this is the great passage of all the curses that would come on Israel if they disobeyed God and worshiped idols. Deuteronomy, after numbers. Okay. After numbers, correct. I'm learning all these Old Testament books. Yeah. Through this podcast. Sorry. 68 verses in this chapter. And the first 14 are blessings if they obey. Okay. From 15 on to 68 are all curses. Wow. Just list after list of, of a curse that would come on Israel if they didn't obey the Lord. And so they would be cursed, and they were cursed if they're disobeyed. And we're just going to jump in verse 15 for the context. But it shall come to pass, if thou wilt not hearken unto the voice of the Lord thy God, to observe, to do all his commandments and his statutes, which I command thee this day, that all these curses shall come upon thee and overtake thee. And it just goes on and on, one after another. Cursed shalt thou be in the city, cursed in the basket in thy store, cursed shall be the fruit of thy body, and that's children. Mm-hmm. So, wow. is it cursed just because God says, this is my punishment, or is it cursed because they rejected the Lord, they opened up the permission from Satan to come in, mm-hmm. and as a result of them aligning themselves with devils, yeah. there would be generations. So it's almost like you're opening up your family to oppression. Absolutely. Sound right? Absolutely. And he even said, in fact, you said it perfectly, opening your family to oppression. I love that. Okay. Because we're about to read one more verse in this chapter before we leave it, verse 41, where he says this, and I think you summarized it perfectly. He says, oops, thou shalt beget sons and daughters, but thou shalt not enjoy them, for they shall go into captivity. Hmm. And he could have meant they would go into captivity like an invading nation such as Babylon, which did happen. But could it also be captivity to spiritual wickedness? I think so. I think that's what it means more. I I, I think your your explanation was just perfect, perfectly on point. Go ahead. I was just going to say, as a result of doing what you do here, Mm -hmm. whatever that iniquity is, you're almost 
it's going to be passed down to the next generation and the next generation. So it's almost like you're not going to enjoy fully having your children the way that you would want to as a father because now something's between you and them or something's driving yes. them, oppressing them. And the same thing with your grandkids. And it goes on and, on, goes on, and on until and that gets broken, until that gets shut down. And that's in the character of God because, for example, when we remember that he said, to, I gave them up unto vile affections. They didn't like to retain me in their knowledge. Yeah. They turned and worshiped the creature more than the creator. So it says he gave them up to vile affections. And what he literally did was he turned them over to the watchers, the mm-hmm. fallen angels, yeah. to guide all the nations, which they still do to this day. So when you think about it, Israel was the one man, Abraham, was called out to form a nation that would serve God. And even they didn't do it. Yeah. Right? So you could see he he's, has every right and he's justified in what he's saying here hmm. about this. So when Israel would go into physical captivity, let's say he just meant you'd be conquered by other nations as a mm-hmm. result of your idolatry, would they not there be compelled to worship the gods of these nations while in captivity? Sure, yeah. So it's the same thing. Were their children not also affected by their iniquity? And you get captured, your kids go out there, and maybe even a generation or two later, in captivity, you're still, you marry, you have children in captivity, they're paying for the iniquity. Yeah. They're, you know, Israel was 70 years in captivity. I guarantee you they had children during that time. Yeah. So Absolutely. generational curses is what we're talking about. Now, I'm going to share the story of what happened to me recently because it's, um, it was such an eye-opening thing for me. Okay. I went to BlurryCon conference back in February. Okay. Yeah. And because it was in Nashville, Tennessee, I had the opportunity to spend a little time with my brother who okay. lives there. And we had a nice chat. And during the conversation, we were talking about our childhood. Now, I never told him this or said anything or set this up. But I'm going to tell you that when I was very young, and let me give my family background, um, my parents did not raise us in any religious teaching at all, no Christian family. Okay. They never darkened the door of a church. And um, my father was an only child, and I think he had probably difficulty sharing his wife with children when we were born. So I had two siblings, okay. a brother and a sister. Okay. So I think he had a lot to deal with. But he just didn't ever raise us in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. Now, I grew up having recurring nightmares. And when I was a kid, I just thought it was a bad dream and I left it alone. Okay. But as I got a little older and I was probably approaching 12, maybe 13, um, I would have recurring dreams where I would be awake, but I couldn't move. So do they call that sleep? Um, paralysis. Paralysis, I think exactly. So. Okay. I believe it. Now, you know, when we spoke with Karen Wilkinson, I shared a little bit of this with her. Yeah. And she thinks that I may have been abducted, but I have no recollection of that. Yeah. You know, and I know there's screen memories and she could be right. Yeah. But I, I, can, I can only go with what I know. And what I recall, I vividly recall these dreams and I had my own room. My brother had a room. My sister had a room and we were staggered down the hallway. In fact, the way the, this house that I grew up in worked, we had a kitchen and my bedroom was right across from the kitchen. Okay. And then a little further down the hallway was my brother's bedroom on the left. My sister's on the right. All the way down at the end of the hallway was my mom and dad's bedroom. Okay. In my recurring dream, I would be awake and conscious in my mind but I couldn't move and my eyes were closed. And yet I could see myself as though I was outside my body looking down, watching my body lift off of the bed, levitating off the bed without covers and just starting to float through the door and down the hallway. Okay. And down the hallway was just darkness, blackness, but it was like going towards my parents' bedroom, you know. And it, it seemed like the hallway was much longer and more menacing than my actual house, which was very homey and friendly and, you know, yeah, whatever. Yeah. <clears throat> and, I, mm-hmm. and I would you'd be screaming trying to wake up, and I couldn't move, and I couldn't wake up. And, and, and I knew and sensed there was something satanic about it. Even though I didn't know who God was and I didn't know who Jesus was uh, at that age. It just I was, felt evil to it you. It felt evil, and it felt bad. And I've had other dreams where it wasn't sleep paralysis, but they were very vivid. Where I was literally, uh, you know, getting feeling like I was about to be demon possessed, or a demonic wow. entity okay. was trying to get me somehow. So in this dream, you said it, 
you're like screaming or you're trying to wake up or something like that because you're obviously somewhat terrified, right? Yeah. It's almost like, but you're watching it. Yeah. And you're experiencing at the it same at time. the same time. Yeah. It's That's two weirdest... totally different points of view. I mean, one, absolutely. One's like you're watching a TV, something's on a screen. Because you said you could see your body lift up yeah. and then float, right? But then the other perspective is, I want to wake up, but I can't move, yeah. which means you're the actual person that it's happening to. It's almost like an out-of-body experience, viewing it as though people say they die on the operating table and they can see the doctors. Yeah. You know? And yet, at the same time, I was in my body, feeling it float away, trying to wake up, almost like it, you were stuck in a prison yeah. and you couldn't get out of it. you know. And so I've had that on more than one occasion. Okay. Less frequently than the demonic dreams that were just very vivid, but they were just nightmares and I'd wake up. All before okay. I knew anything about the Lord. Yeah. Right. And um, and then I got to a point where the dreams just stopped, probably around 14, 15 years old. Okay, that's and interesting. I didn't have them anymore. They just quit. They okay. just stopped. <clears throat> so that's one of those things where you just grow up and you kind of think, well... I chalk it up to I around about 15 years old. I started going to a Bible class for the first time in my life. Okay, and I believe that uh, the preacher of that class I know is with Obed Kirkpatrick, one of my fathers in the gospel, and his son Wayne and I became very good buddies in high school. But uh, he preached the first Bible study I ever went to was on demonology, and he he was teaching about what devils are and how Satan's power works and everything. And I think when I, it's kind of like, you know, um, fear of the unknown. Once I knew who it was, I didn't yeah. have fear anymore. And okay. when, when I recognized okay. him, you know, yeah. this before I got saved, but I began to be taught in the scriptures. But there's no real, other than, other than that, then you went to that Bible study. Yeah. He's teaching on demonology, right? Yeah. So maybe your awareness of it, or you yeah. all of a sudden weren't scared of it. I don't know. Or maybe he. <clears throat> Maybe he started praying for you since you were new to his Bible study. I'm certain it had something to do with that. Okay, that's I, what I, I was believe thinking. it had something to do with prayer, and I would have never considered that. Okay, back then, you know. Mm -hmm. Now, fast forward, you know, I get saved when I'm 20 years old, and uh, down the road, I'm called to preach, and I start teaching Bible classes. Mm -hmm. And um, when I go to BlurryCon to visit my brother, and we're sitting there talking, and we've been discussing things about um, our childhood. Yeah. Because it came to find out that the three of us, my brother and sister and I, were not close growing up. We fought. We were mean to each other. Yeah. And we were raised in a home that was critical, and there was no godly presence, right? Okay. Other than one set of grandparents, my maternal grandparents, that I think was praying for me too. Okay. You know, but they were a very gentle influence in my life, and I thank God for them. But uh, one of my siblings began to have some health issues and come to find out they couldn't figure out why the physical thing was manifesting. But in therapy, they found out it was, it was, it was psychological damage. Okay. And okay. as we began to meet on a regular basis monthly, and uh, in like a Zoom forum, and we began to discuss things and come to find out we all had very similar experiences growing up, uh, being bullied at school and at home. And, okay. um, you know, similar uh, psychological battle between ourselves and our father. And I want to say about my father that he's now saved. And I believe he has a testimony of salvation. Okay. But all, during our childhood, he was not. And, okay. the, and the bullying at home was your father? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And, you know, we were bullied at school and come home and get it again. Yeah. You know, so, um, and uh, we now know that, and, I, and my paternal grandparents hid this very well. Growing up as a kid, I maybe it was a defense mechanism, but I didn't see this. But I now know that my grandmother, my father's mother, was in love with a man who was not her husband before they got married. Okay. And she ran off with that man and her father dragged her back to the altar. <laughs> and to marry another a my different grandfather. man. Yeah, to yeah. marry a different man who was my grandfather. Okay. And so they had one child, my father, and then no more children, and they despised each other. Okay. And so my grandfather was a workaholic, he was hardly ever home, and who knows what psychological damage my grandmother had that yeah. she that Afflicted my father to grow up the way he did. 
Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I'm saying all this because, again, a non-Christian home never darkened the door of a church. I don't know if my grandfather was a Mason or that he was in a Lions Club, but mm-hmm. I don't think that's a yeah. satanic organization. But I remember even when I was in my teen years and I tried to have a conversation with that grandmother about the Lord one time, she would say, I've had all the Bible I ever want to hear. You know, and that mm-hmm. shut that door immediately. Whereas my maternal grandparents, I could talk about the Lord anytime. So do, let me ask you this real quick. Do you know anything about your grandmother's father? He was a Presbyterian minister. I just think it's very interesting <laughs> that he, your grandmother was in love with another man. Yeah. But he dragged her away from that relationship, yeah. which is a relationship based on love. And he forced her yeah. into a marriage with a man that she didn't want to be with. That's what I understand. And out of that, then that just spurned, hey, now we have hatred in the house. Yeah. We have a kid. Exactly. And then that kid grows up in a loveless environment. Yes. Where you said that your grandfather wasn't at home a lot. Well, he didn't yeah. want to go home. He didn't want to go he, home. He didn't want to go home because that's not the family that he wanted. Right? Yeah, exactly. So what did that set up? Exactly. And which is why I do not fault my parents. Because and, and yeah, back yeah. in those days, there were no counselors or therapists to go to. Yeah. I mean, you, you know, people... They put you at a mental asylum if yep, you yeah. have problems, you know. So that he had nowhere to turn, I don't think, you know. Okay. And so we grow up as children thinking that's just normal. That's how mm-hmm. people are. And probably for me in my fight or flight mechanism, I might have just decided that everything's just fine, you know, mm-hmm. and just dismissed yeah. all that. So anyway, I go to Borikan, I have this conversation with my brother, and we discuss some of these things. And as he's talking about it, and we're talking about our parents, and I said, to him, did you ever have any recurring nightmares when you were little, like that involved sleep paralysis? I have never told him mine. Okay. And he said, yeah, I used to have this dream, and he described the exact same dream, John. He's floating down the hallway, can't watching move, can't himself. Can't wake up, watching himself float down the hallway toward our parents' room. And the only difference was with his, there was an entity. A malevolent entity. He didn't call it a devil or a demon or anything. He never described it, but he just said there was something, yeah. and then he would wake up, you know. And uh, and I just the hair stood up on the back of my neck yeah. when he was telling me this. And I asked him point blank if he believed in demons, and he said no without hesitation. You know. Yeah. Okay. So um, you know, I don't think he was trying to say this to. He knows I preach, so I don't think he was trying to say this to appease me or anything, because mm-hmm. yeah. I'm not even sure he believes like I believe. Yeah. Hey, thanks again for listening. We hope you've enjoyed this podcast episode, and we so much appreciate you sharing with others and your friends and tell them about the show. And we'd also love it if you'd one more time consider joining Bible Mysteries Premium Podcast as a subscriber. Absolutely. And keep in mind that your subscription helps us get the word out to as many people as we can possibly reach. So we appreciate you partnering with us. Don't forget, it's BibleMysteries.Supercast.com. And thanks again for joining us today. But I say all of that because I'm convinced now, and I never would have thought this, that somewhere in the past, whether it started with my grandmother or before her, somewhere in the past, something came in as a curse, in a sense. And if you think about it, just by virtue of not raising your children in the nurture and admonition of the Lord, and I don't know what my great-great-grandfather taught as a Presbyterian minister, my great-grandfather, but uh, assuming he didn't teach sound doctrine or maybe whatever he did was wrong, then it opened that door for her to resent being forced to marry a man she didn't love and and turn away from the Lord, not raising her child in the nurture and admonition of the Lord who had no experience of love from a father. And we talked about... Um, how our earthly fathers are our first conception of our heavenly father. Yeah. So my dad had none of that. So he didn't know how to show it. He mm-hmm. didn't know how to give that. So we grew up, and so my siblings and I decided we need to break this cycle. And we talked about that months and months ago, you know, about breaking the cycle. And then it occurred to me about generational curses. And what about praying for that cycled in. What about yeah, praying for that? Yeah. And I'll tell you another story that came comes to my mind. So I remember at a very young age, and I want to be careful about this because it's it's a little sensitive, but I don't want to offend anyone. 
But I remember at a very young age, and the first house I can recall growing up in, I might have been maybe four years old. And we had a little dining room table. It was one of those starter homes, you know, and the dining room table was uh, adjacent to the kitchen, but it butted up against a wall and a little bookcase. Back in then, they had these yeah. built-in bookcases that went from the floor to the ceiling. And it was sort of behind the, the dining room table. And I think I was playing, or maybe I had a race car or something. I was rolling around like a matchbox car or something. Uh-huh. And it slid under the table. And I went under the table to get it. And I could see some of the books on the bottom shelves that were normally hidden by the dining room table. And, you know, when you're a little kid, you're attracted to color and bright things. Sure. And there was yeah. a bright colored book. And, and I just, for some reason, grabbed it and looked at it. And it was a very adult type of content book, something a four-year-old couldn't comprehend. Yeah. You know? But it, was, uh, it had pictures. So I, I picked it up and I started to look at it. And I think my young mind was not ready to process what I saw. I don't remember what they were. Wow. I don't remember, but I think they could have been things like, and, and I, it seems strange that it was, a, it was a brightly colored book, but it could have been anything from just adult situations that a, a child can't process. Okay. It could have been uh, graphic movie images that I wasn't ready to process. Or it could have been, this was during the time of the Vietnam War, and it could have been pictures of war. Yeah. So whatever it was, I just remember... But it was traumatic. It was, I remember reading it and just being shocked. And, and it could have started my nightmares. I don't know. It wasn't like naked ladies or anything. It was something like you were looking at it going, something's wrong yeah, here. It could have been that too. I, I don't remember what it was. Yeah. I just remember it being traumatic. Like I, I, I remember seeing the images and whatever they were, they were disturbing to me. Uh-huh. So it, if it was, if there was nudity, it was not presented in a natural way. Yeah. yeah. It was presented in some sort of a strange way. But I, again, I do not recall what it was. So when I, when I, and in fact, I think I even just sat down with the book on the couch. And as I was flipping through it, you know, like, I think at some point my mom goes, what are you doing reading that? And she took it away from me. And at that moment, I realized I wasn't supposed to be looking at it. Yeah. But what was strange was I felt bad the whole time I was looking at it. Like it was making my, it was making. You see, there was a negative energy. There was a negative energy. Okay. In it. it was, it was, whatever it was, I could tell there was something wrong with it. Without yeah. knowing how to process it. Yeah. And I think that played me. I think that opened a portal somehow on top of these other things that was going on in, in the family. Have you ever, I'm not trying to put you on the spot here. No, it's I'm okay. throw a question <laughs> at you that we, we hadn't discussed anything. Have yeah. you ever thought of hypnosis to uh, kind of try to figure out what those dreams were about yeah. and what that book may have been? I've considered it, and I've even been in a hypnotic therapy one time mm-hmm. uh, and uh, we didn't regress into that. We didn't go into that, but I'm not so sure hypnosis is always safe. I, I would not personally, yeah. I would never do hypnosis. Yeah. Without, I think that makes you vulnerable well, to, I'm not saying I wouldn't do hypnosis. I wouldn't do it without another person in the room yeah. that I like, like you would have to be there. And then the yeah. therapist is there because if, if you submit yourself or open your consciousness up, I think there needs to be another person that is like, whoa, you're going too far. Mm. Or uh, someone could plant something in your head. I don't know. Yeah. You know, it, I think it's it's not a cult, right? I don't yeah. think so. But well, it, I, think it, it's, I think there's a little bit of your walking on the It's on an the altered line. state of consciousness, yeah. which I think a psychedelic has mm-hmm. the same effect. And I fear that it could open you up for a demonic attack. Okay. You know, yeah, that's so I've never looked beyond that. And I've, I've tried to, I think some of this recollection comes back to me as I get older and I start to contemplate it because what I started doing was praying that God would bind and, and rebuke the entity that I think may be entered in my family. Whether it was the day that I read something that was not for my level of understanding to comprehend yeah. and it triggered the nightmares or whether it was the relationship I had with my father or a combination of all of that, I think it was Satan's attack on me as a child and my brother yeah, yeah. to draw us into whatever it was. And I rem- I recall growing up and being sort of obsessed with monster magazines, you know. Yeah. Uh, back then there was something called Fangoria. Yeah, I remember and, that. Uh, yeah, and I, I used to be sort of, a, and I, I got into comic books and stuff like that, you know. 
But um, I, I don't know. I just think that somehow that was his way of trying to, and, and you know, if, if there can be spirits of divination, mm-hmm. then they can know some of the future. You know, they're not omniscient, but they can know some of the future. And maybe they thought, well, this guy's going to grow up to be a preacher. We need to see if we can steer him away from that path. Yeah. Well, there's, there's three things that stand out to me in this whole story. One is the quote-unquote <clears throat> forced marriage, which just feels... Yeah, and I know that's been going on for a long time to a yeah. lot of people, right? But it just it just never sounds good, right? It sounds now. bad. Yeah, yeah. Because to, to me, that just creates a lot of well, it created a lot of hatred in this instance yeah. where these two people did not want to be around yeah. each other, and then they had a child, and that child had to grow up with those feelings of abandonment or whatever they were. That and could, and, and, if, and if we can say, sorry to interrupt you, yeah. but if we can say that the sin originated with the great-grandfather that forced the marriage. Yeah. And I don't know all the details. There yeah. could be more yeah. to the story than that. But if we if we just said that was the case, then the iniquity of that man was visited upon his grandson, yeah. my father, on myself and my brother, the next generation. Yeah. And, you know, we're, we're trying to stop that cycle. Well, there's again, like they said, there's three things. One was the marriage. Two was... So you guys are in your dream floating down the hallway. You're both having the same dream. You're both floating towards some kind of evil presence. Your mm-hmm. brother said he could see it. In the direction of where my father. Where your yeah. father was. Well, that's what, yeah, yeah, it's like you weren't going out the front door. Right. Out uh-huh. into a field somewhere to an old <clears throat> shed or something, right? Or to a UFO. You, you would think if you were floating towards your parents, like you're floating towards comfort. You're going towards some evil presence. Yeah. So it's like the evil presence was centered around your father. I, I think it was. And then the third thing that I'm kind of putting <clears throat> the three things together is, and you found a book when you were very young. Yeah. I don't know if that was your father's book or that was your grandfather's book. And yeah. I don't even know what the book was, but it didn't feel right to you when you opened it up. You knew, yeah. even as instinctively as a child, you opened it up and you were like, I'm looking at something that I don't feel right about. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I can't remember the content specifically other than I knew that it was, even as a young child, you're looking at it going, I shouldn't be watching this. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, as a kid, you'd rather watch a cartoon than the news. Right? Yeah, yeah. And this was like the news. It wasn't news, but it was like adult focused and yeah. not and not, not you know, good. When I, you, you read yeah. it and it's like shocking to dis, to discover something. Yeah. You know? Like, oh, that's that exists. And I just remember in my tiny young mind being appalled by it, and yet I kept looking at a few pages. So it was almost like the satanic entity was driving me. To keep looking, keep looking, you know. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and it, for all I know, it could have been a book of witchcraft. I don't know. I don't yeah. remember what it was. Yeah. But I just remember that, uh, and something tells me it was probably not my mother's. So if it came wow. into the house, okay. it probably was from my father. Not that he was overtly out trying to do yeah. anything, because I don't know what it was. I don't remember what it was. But I don't think it was out there because he was like, I've been investigating, you know, how to become a warlock. Yeah, yeah. I don't think it was that kind of book. Yeah. But whatever it was, it was adult information that a four-year-old should not be seeing yeah. or processing. And so I think it, it tainted the way I looked at people or the world, or it might have caused me to uh, go into a fight-or-flight mode or mechanism that... For my personality. Yeah. And created the depression that I later had in life. Wow. You know, that we worked out through th- therapy and things like that. And talking to my siblings has come a great way. But it's the to tie it back to the topic, mm-hmm. the sins of the father yeah. passed down from generation, yeah. sins of the grandfather, whatever, right. passed down from generation to yeah. generation. And then at some point you have to break it. Exactly. So I guess I say this to point out that, you know, an ancestor didn't have to be Gandalf. For you to be cursed. Yeah. You know, you'd have to have a sorcerer or a wizard in your family. It could have been something just as simply as an awful situation that brought forth a yeah. loveless marriage, that brought forth an only child that never knew love, that never grew up to know how to love his children. Yeah. And lead them and nurture them in the Lord. And thankfully, through the grace of Christ, my father now has a testimony of salvation. Wow. You know. But it, it, it just I say all that to kind of point out how important it is that generational curses can happen and and they need to be broken yeah you know and even israel as a nation when you think of israel as god's wife or god's child from the scriptures 
right, mm-hmm. in the analogies. Yeah. Go to Malachi 4, and you're going to see something interesting there to tie this now, back to the Word of God. Now, breaking a generational curse, I would imagine people out there listening to this are going to go, how do you do that? Yeah, good. Through prayer is the only is thing I can the, think of, yeah. Asking God to, and, and you know what? You want to know something really interesting? Is when I started to pray that God would rebuke and bind whatever entity entered into my childhood that I never addressed as an adult until now, you know, until these more recent years. And I asked him to bind it and rebuke it and put a mantle and protection and covering on me because some of the ways the the problems manifested in my life were recurring migraine headaches. Mm, Wow. um, Depression. And there was more than once that I became suicidal. Never followed through with it, but mentally thought about it, you know. And also um, constant irritability, just always being on the edge so that anything anybody said would trigger your defense mechanism, you know. And uh, so I think the entities were just surrounding me constantly. And all the more to hinder the gospel since I'm preaching, right? Yeah. So I began to pray, and, and I kid you not, when I started praying for deliverance from that, I started noticing a difference. Not only did the migraines begin to diminish or disappear, and the irritability is almost gone, although if you talk to my wife, she might say, I still have some of it, you know. Yeah, but, uh, a little grouchy. Yeah, but, <laughs> um, but the truth is... Um, I feel like whatever could have been a barrier between me and the Lord Mm -hmm. and and communing with the Lord is dissolving. Like it's been the cloud over me that's all that's sort of hindered my connection in a closeness and a oneness with the Father. Because I've never known a father figure. Yeah. You know, you know what I mean? And now that's starting to go away. So I just say that. But then you also mentioned you You went to Obed Kirkpatrick's mm-hmm. Bible study, mm-hmm. and you knew his son, Wayne. Yeah. And I'm sure Obed, I don't know Obed, I don't mm-hmm. think I do, um, he probably asked if you were new to his Bible study and you're a young man, 15, mm-hmm. 14, 15 years old, he's probably asking his son, yeah. tell me about Scott. Yeah. He's probably saying, eh, you know, he doesn't grow up in a Christian home, you know, whatever. He gets bullied at school. Yeah. You know, I'm sure that Obed Kirkpatrick, being a Bible teacher, probably prayed for you a lot. I'm and certain I that he did. That, and he probably prayed for protection over you. I'm certain he did. And to be honest with you, Obed and his wife, Linda, are almost like surrogate parents to me. Wow. Okay. You know, because they became, uh, I wouldn't go to my parents with a problem and confide in them, uh-huh. but I would go to Obed. Okay. You know, yeah. uh, at that age. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, um, you know, yeah, and and I I wouldn't doubt if my dad didn't have some resentment towards Obed, mm-hmm. because okay. he did fill a role that my dad didn't know how to process, yeah, how, how to how to do, you know, because uh, Obed was saved and he did have a testimony and shared the gospel with me, you know, I got saved because two men preached to me, Obed the first and uh, brother E C Moore mm-hmm. later, okay, and uh, so yeah, the there's definitely a connection to the prayer. And to the just the covering of the Holy Spirit, yeah. you know. Hmm. In Malachi chapter 4, we read this in verse 5. Um, Behold, I send you Elijah the prophet before the coming of the great and dreadful day of the Lord. So that's for the context. It's the day of the Lord. It's okay. when the Lord returns. And he's talking to Israel through the prophet Malachi. And he says, verse 6, And he shall turn the heart of the fathers to the children and the heart of the children to their fathers, lest I come and smite the earth with a curse. Hmm. Isn't that something? So when did this cycle start with Israel? Well, they kept turning to idolatry. Yeah. yeah they kept turning to other gods. And, and in my own personal life, we, we already talked about, did it begin with my grandparents or before them? Could it go back to earlier generations when maybe there was something satanic that I don't yeah. even know about in my family tree, you know? At what point in our family history did some ancestor break away from like a Christian heritage and abandon the faith? And even worse, was there a possibility that a covenant was made with some satanic, satanic entities yeah. to curse future generations, like a Masonic oath yeah. does yeah. that, you know? Uh, and then, you know, we don't know if some of them were practicing witches or what, and I have no knowledge of that. But, you know, South Louisiana, there's a lot of voodoo and yeah, stuff, stuff there, so it's, it's possible. 
So let's talk about how the disciples would have perceived um, such a thing as that. Because I was talking about, I think, these oppressive entities manifested themselves in a physical way to me with headaches Mm -hmm. and irritability and suicidal thoughts at one point. Well, in John chapter 9, look in verse uh, 1. And as Jesus passed by, he saw a man which was blind from his birth. And his disciples asked him, saying, Master, who did sin, this man or his parents, Hmm. that he was born blind? That's almost a question related to Exodus 20. Yeah. You know, visiting... That's exactly what we've been talking about here. Yeah. Generational sin. Who sinned? His father or was it him? They're asking because they want to know whose fault was it, you know? And how would a child be at fault if he was just born blind? He couldn't have made any sin, Yeah, you know? So it must have been understood by the disciples that a past sin could result in a future condition for a generation. Mm -hmm. Realize from the passage that the man was blind from birth, and the disciples wondered if his parents may have sinned to cause this. Now, Christ healed him, and he said to manifest the works of God. He said, neither did this man sin nor his parents, but that the works of God may may be made manifest. But is that the only reason why innocent children would be afflicted? I mean, think of all the children born blind that never got to be healed by Jesus or any other type of affliction. So the only reason I can think of why innocent children would be afflicted, born with this condition, cursed or possessed of devils, as we read in the the Satan's Attack on Our Children episode, would be because of generational ancestral sin. Otherwise, why would God allow this? It's the results, which is why it was so important that fathers love your children and provoke them not to wrath. Yeah. You know, because the ramifications of your mistake could be manifest through some sort of opening of of, um, giving permission to the devil to come in and hinder your kids. If you look in uh, Mark 7, And all of this, I'm hoping, is helpful for somebody out there that might be dealing with things like this. You know, parents that could have divorced when they were young uh, or had a similar experience to mine, and it brings forth depression and other other things. And sometimes we may need to look at a demonic entity that's the cause and not just taking more medication or whatever. Exactly. You know, you know exactly. whatever. So like someone, yeah, like you said, mental illness, depression, things like that, rather than let's pump them full of antidepressants. Yeah. Is is there something that happened generationally, you know, right. grandma was involved in some kind of occult right. practice and it's being passed down the line. And if we're not asking for specific deliverance from it, you know, yeah. just because you get saved doesn't mean all your problems go away. Yeah. It means you're saved and eternally with the Lord, but we have a growth pattern to go through. Hmm. You know, we have a, we have to be perfected by the word of God. And hmm. uh, we've, we saw a few examples in, in our study on Satan's attack on children. But just to reiterate the point in verse 25 of Mark 7, for a certain woman whose young daughter had an unclean spirit, heard of him and came and fell at his feet. Now, Christ healed the daughter. But what did this child do to cause this? Why? Why was she possessed of a, of a devil? And then we read, I, I won't reiterate the one we did last week about the, the, the child that was both deaf and dumb yeah. and was thrown into the fire and everything else. But let's assume for the sake of argument that the children were too young to play with yeah. a Ouija board or, you know, not that they have Ouija boards. Yeah, they didn't it. open the portal. Yeah, to conjure up a familiar spirit with their friends. Mm-hmm. They didn't open that portal. You're right. So the logical explanation of why they're afflicted so young would be that earlier ancestors committed an iniquity that caused a generational curse. Hmm. And, I, we, you know, it, that's almost like, you know, today's rational world, we don't want to consider that. But Paul said, we wrestle not with flesh and blood. Yeah. Spiritual wickedness. In high places, it's starting to come to be a reality to me. It's since the children are too young to discern between the evil and the good, it has to be something that was brought into the family lineage. Very interesting. Yeah. yeah. Hmm. So anyway, real quick to, to kind of bring this to a close if we can. If we go to Hebrews chapter 8, and I won't try to rush it, but um, yeah. I want to try to bring it to some sort of a conclusion here. Hebrews chapter 8, verse 12. There's a promise of, um, of deliverance for Israel. And one of the things I feel like not enough churches understand, 
and they don't ever touch it. Besides these things, spiritual, unusual yeah. activity, is they don't make the distinction between the national salvation program of Israel that God offered. And we're going to get into that in a few weeks okay. with something called After Two Days. Okay. We're going to talk about that. But uh, that, that distinction and the ministry that we have right now for the whole world to be saved by faith in Christ Jesus, mm-hmm. that's not based upon a national repentance or anything. It's just based upon individuals. Yeah. Right? That's how we get saved today. But Israel looks for a national forgiveness. And in verse 12 of Hebrews 8, when he does this, it says, For I will be merciful to their unrighteousness, and their sins and their iniquities will I remember no more. The curses for Israel will be broken when the Lord returns. Mm-hmm. And that's his promise. He's going to do that. He's simply waiting their national confession. He awaits for them to make their confession. And I'm going to get into that hmm. in that episode we're going to do about after two well, days. They need, they need to speed it up. Yeah. <laughs> Come on, guys. <laughs> that's true. And they're, they're waiting on something that's going to happen, too. And I do believe it has to do with the battle of Gog and Magog. Yeah. Okay. It says, in their affliction, they'll seek me early. There's going to be an affliction that's going to cause them to turn back to him. Okay. And Daniel's a perfect example of that. But one more time, if we'll go to Malachi chapter 4, which is, again, I I should be telling people, it's the last book of the Old Testament. So (laughs) if you need to, go to Matthew and turn left. (laughs) But in Matthew chapter 4, he says, verse 2, But unto you that fear my name shall the Son of Righteousness arise with healing in his wings, and you shall go forth and grow up as calves of the stall. And this is the same chapter where he talked about, I'll turn the heart of the fathers to the children through Elijah, and the heart of the children to the fathers, unless I come and smite the earth with a curse. And there is a curse that's going to come on the earth for those that reject him. But healing will be given to Israel after all their curses and iniquities are fulfilled. Hmm. Again, God waits for them to make their confession and to seek him. So if that's a promise to the nation Israel, and we can see it right here, then why would the Lord not deliver us from generational curses in the dispensation of grace? So I think we have every right to ask the Lord and seek it. In Jeremiah 17, 14, he said, Heal me, O Lord, and I shall be healed. Save me, O Lord, and I shall be saved, for thou art my praise. And while that could be prophetic and connected to Israel in the context, can we not ask the Lord to heal us today? Mm-hmm. doesn't yeah. mean that he will. He could have another purpose. We talked about yeah. Paul asking God to heal him three times, yeah. and he wouldn't do it. He said, my strength is made perfect in weakness. But I have decided to pray and ask for deliverance from generational curses and unclean spirits in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ for God to rebuke them that could have entered in okay. to my family. Yeah. And I think it's made a difference. So we can ask the Lord to heal us. We can seek to break the cycle of generational curses or any portal that could have been opened that led to demonic oppression in our lives. I believe God would have us do that. And maybe he was just waiting for me to recognize it and ask him, you know. I don't think it's because he wanted to torment me or punish me that it took so long for me to come to the point where I would seek that deliverance. Yeah. But maybe I just wasn't ready to see it. Hmm. And maybe like Paul, when he said, my grace is sufficient for thee, my strength is made perfect in weakness, which was in 2 Corinthians 12. You know, Paul said, because of the abundance of the revelations God gave to him, this thing was sent. Yeah. Lest he should be exalted above measure. So God had a purpose in allowing one demonic oppressive thing to happen to Paul, in addition to other afflictions. Yeah, he was persecuted. He suffered. But maybe this thing was allowed to continue so that men would not lift Paul up and view him as a god. Men tried to worship him as the god Mercury on an island. Worship Paul? Yeah. I had no idea. They called Barnabas Zeus and they called Paul Mercurius. Because huh. they thought the gods had come down to us because they healed people. Ah, okay. So they had the apostolic power to heal and these un- savage men... And women thought they were gods. Mm -hmm. So it's possible that because of the apostolic powers Paul had, and Peter and the Twelve had them too, that God allowed this entity to to torment Paul so that he would not be lifted up above measure, so that Mm. he would get the glory. Hence, he says, my strength is made perfect in weakness. 
So I can accept the fact that even though there's things I'd like to be healed of. Yeah. As you hear me coughing right now. <laughs> allergies Heal and things me like of that. my allergies. Yeah. <laughs> and I do pray for that deliverance. But if, if it's not going to come, I can live with that. You yeah. Know? Because it may be that the Lord is giving me that too to keep me in some condition he needs me in. If there, Let me ask you this real quick. If there's a generational curse, do you think that repentance is a key part to breaking that curse? Not from the sake of the child that did nothing to cause it. Yeah. So no, repentance the, would imply. The parent? Um, well, that's a good question, and I don't know the answer to that. But as far yeah. as, like, if, if you're the recipient of the oppression and your parents yeah. could be deceased yeah. or whatever, um, then, you know, I, I think the buck stops with you. Okay. Yeah, okay. I think that if you're if you're coming to the realization that yes, maybe I need to trace this thing back and find out what started it, and it was therapeutic to delve into this stuff. Why am I the way I am? Yeah. Oh, that's why. You know, and then and rather than just looking at it strictly from a psychological perspective, realizing that if God visits the iniquities of the fathers upon the children, and we're not talking about Him doing it to be vindictive. We're talking about if you're going to turn from me, you're going to open that doorway into satanic oppression mm -hmm. and you're going to invite these things in and it's going to have ramifications down the line of your descendants. Then it's going to it's going to be up to that descendant to break the cycle. So someone along the line, and I'm asking this because I think there's probably a lot of people out there that are going, holy cow, this is happening to me, right? Yes. Like, I, you name it. The story could be whatever, but it's gone down the line to me or it's gone down the line through me to my children or my grandchildren. Right. Okay, I want to put a stop to this. So the best advice would be, and you mentioned that you prayed for deliverance when mm -hmm. you were a child and then it started or it stopped, right? The, yeah. the well, dreams, as an adult. Yeah. As an adult, yeah. yeah. So I, I guess what I'm asking is what's the best advice for people that maybe feel like should they be praying for deliverance from if they truly believe that there's some kind of oppression mm -hmm. that is on them or their family or on one of their children, they should be asking for for deliverance from that oppression? They should be praying for that? Yes, and I would go as far as to say that if you can mm -hmm. research the origin of something, yeah. when did that door get opened? I had to do some digging to find yeah. out. I didn't go beyond my great-grandfather, but I don't think I needed to because that was enough. Yeah, yeah. Enough to see that a loveless marriage resulting in a child that had no father figure or love to share yeah. that resulted in three siblings that fought like cats and dogs and had no sense of the nurture yeah. and admonition of the Lord resulting in them being oppressed by demonic entities. Mm -hmm. That was enough for me to finally wake up and go, I haven't been asking the Lord to deliver me from whatever this is. Yeah. It, it, almost as if this thing that entered in, if, if it did, that day I picked up a book and saw things that I was too young to process. Yeah. If it entered in at that moment, I went back and I prayed to the Lord to bind and remove that entity permanently and forever from my life. And every other thing, that, and I and pray for healing for my, my yeah. dad, yeah. you know, and healing for my brother and sister. And, uh, and of course, we talked last week about praying for our kids. Because mm -hmm. could, yeah. could it go into the next generation? Hopefully not, you know. But we, we did the best we could to present a loving environment for our children. Yeah. And none of my children have said to me, uh, oh, I was oppressed by you. I didn't feel any love from you. Yeah. I think we broke that cycle, you know, in, mm -hmm. in our thing, in our upbringing of our children. But I think throughout the time that I was doing that and showing them the love of Christ and raising them up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord, that this oppressive entity was still afflicting me. Hmm. You know, So being saved is not, I guess what I'm trying to get across is being saved does not make you impervious to satanic affliction. Yeah, you can still be oppressed. You can be oppressed. And so it needs repeating over and over again, we wrestle not with flesh and blood against spiritual wickedness, yeah. against the rulers of the darkness of this world, uh, uh, or spiritual wickedness in high places, excuse me. Mm -hmm. So, and the high places are referring back to the places of idols hmm. where okay. they worship that. So it goes all the way back yeah. to the Canaanites and the, and the gods. Yeah. And those entities are real. They're around. They're actually occupying the bodies of human beings, politicians, mm 
Mm-hmm. I just pick on them, but they are demon. <laughs> they're demon controlled. They have yeah. to be. They have to be. There's well, no getting around it, you know. The decisions they make that are detrimental to the vast majority of people. Yeah. It blows my mind. But well, and, and expand there's, it. There's obviously an agenda there. Exactly. And expand it to a national front. Let's just talk about America. You know, because we're stepping away from God's commandments yeah. and we're turning to idolatry, mm-hmm. all these things are happening and our children are getting afflicted, exposed to transgender, yeah. exposed to a, abortion, uh, or or, per, or killed by abortion, you know, mm-hmm. uh, exposed to pornography rampant in the Internet. Exposed to endless wars because of the, yeah, the uh, because the of the music, greed of the satanic the music elite. that just bombards them yeah and and the the occult symbolism that's yeah. rampant there so all of that's happening now it's generational curses yeah. it multiply it to the whole nation and that's what you got right now hmm. so we need a lot of prayer and hmm. I don't believe that we're going to reclaim the land. I don't believe in praying to break generational curses to free up the land again. The Lord's coming to purge this nation and this world. It's already been written. Yeah. Yeah, it's going to happen. Burn it up, turn it upside down. You don't need to save the planet. You need to get your family and your friends saved by preaching the cross. Exactly. John, thanks. Good message. Praise the Lord. I I, I hope it helps somebody out there. And you know what? If you've got a... If you've got something to share about that um, and it, it, you feel like it would be good to write it down, send it to us. Uh, we, we'd love to hear from it because if nothing else, I can pray. Yeah, absolutely. We'll pray for you for, for whatever you're going through and pray that the Lord would give you relief from whatever is oppressing you. Because remember, greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. God is sovereign over these entities and he will heal. God says he will. Thanks for listening. Thank you for listening. If you like what you heard, please consider subscribing to our premium ad-free content at BibleMysteriesPodcast.com. Hey, thanks again for listening. We hope you've enjoyed this podcast episode, and we so much appreciate you sharing with others and your friends and tell them about the show. We'd also love it if you'd one more time consider joining Bible Mysteries Premium Podcast as a subscriber. Absolutely, and keep in mind that your subscription helps us get the word out to as many people as we can possibly reach. So we appreciate you partnering with us. Don't forget, it's BibleMysteries.Supercast.com, and thanks again for joining us today.